our brain is constantly talking to us. And sometimes we're not even aware of the thoughts that it's telling us. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting into automatic habits of doing things and not questioning why am I feeling this way or why am I reacting this way? And so again, it goes back to self-awareness. Um, and that's the, the journey that I've been on for, I would say for the past like three or four years. Um, Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy. But sisters, we are making it happen, even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Amanda Eck is on her second career interior design. She was in the oil and gas industry, but had a passion for design ever since she was a child. Ten years ago, she stepped out and launched Amanda Carroll Interior without a clue what she was doing, but only had the passion to doing it. Three years ago is where it got real interesting. Her husband and she hit the reset button on their lives after a life and marriage altering vacation to Canada. It was an awakening moment for both of them. Her husband quit his well-paying corporate job in Houston to pursue his passion in real estate, while Amanda shut down her design business in Houston, Texas. They packed up their three kiddos to move to one of the most expensive city in whole of U.S., the Bay Area in California, leaving all of her family behind. They took a leap and moved to San Francisco, knowing no one, but a dream and a vision of building an extraordinary life. She had to start her business from scratch after building a great client base in Houston, Texas. Her husband had to build his business from the ground up. So they are now both entrepreneurs learning to have a successful, sexy marriage, raise their three amazing children who are watching them go for their dreams, take care of their bodies, and work on their personal growth through reading, listening to podcasts, online courses and conferences that they do together as a couple. It's been the hardest thing they have ever done together, yet the most rewarding. Mother Hustlers, 
please help me in welcoming the mother hustler mothering the world this week, owner and principal designer of Amanda Carroll Interiors, Amanda Eck. Welcome back to the Being Mother Hustler podcasts. I'm your host, Kareen Mills, and we are so excited today because we have the beautiful Amanda Eck all the way from California. Now, where are you from California, Amanda? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm in Northern California. We're outside of San Francisco, about 45 minutes from Napa in the East Bay. Wonderful. Yeah. And you're a, um, you're a mom of three. I am a mom of three. Yes. I high have school. high schooler, middle school, and elementary. Wow, sister, yeah. you are a busy woman. I am indeed, yes. Mother hustling over there in California. Well, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thank you. I love what you're doing. You're an interior designer. You are mom. You're running your business. Now, how many businesses do you run? So I have just my design business and okay. the children are the other business. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a triple time job. Uh, they are indeed. Yes. Triple full time job. Sounds good. So let's start with your childhood. Tell okay. me about your childhood, how that is, how it shaped you. Because I think that when we become adults and we show up the way we were molded during our childhood and teenage years and all that good stuff. So just take us through sure. and we We'd love to hear your journey. Okay. So I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, I am the oldest of five children. My baby sister and I are actually 20 years apart. So that's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So people thought she was mine. Um, but I was like, no, this is my sister. Uh, same parents as well. We weren't a blended family or anything. Um, and had a great childhood in the sense of a very loving family, loving parents, got along with my siblings. Um, but what we did not have was finance. And we lived um, very paycheck to paycheck. Uh, growing up was, I was in, we moved around a lot because if it got to a point where my parents couldn't afford rent, we would hop up and move to the next place. So. I went to two different elementary schools, two different middle schools, three different high schools. So I was moved around a lot. So I was very shy, didn't, you know, didn't have the chance to kind of get integrated into schools. Um, and there was a lot of stress, stress on my parents because they were trying to make ends meet, um, you know, stress on us as kids because we could see the struggle. I mean, I, we, there were times I came home from school and the lights were shut off or I, we would, we, there was one time we woke up to go take the car somewhere and the car was gone because it got repossessed. So there was just, I grew up knowing all I knew was struggle that in that money was you worked hard. And because my dad was, was a workaholic, but I, there was a lack of the ability to handle finances. Like as soon as money came in, it kind of just ran right through his hands. So um, he did the best he, he knew how to do, you know, um, he had a rough childhood himself, childhood himself. So I think that 
obviously just filtered on into our family. Um, my dad passed away when he was 57. He was very young. He wow. dropped, drops dead in front of my 16 year old sister. Well, he did actually fell into a coma um, and passed away three days later. And that shook our family to the core. I was already married at the time and had children. Um, but my two younger siblings were still at home. And so that rocked our family um, as well. Um, and so growing up, going through childhood, all of the financial struggles, where I found, uh, I guess, peace or creativity was in decorating. And so I remember at age 14, 15, asking my mom for a, pan, a can of paint because I wanted to paint my bedroom. I had shag green carpet and I, and I, we had just moved into this, another new house. And so I begged her for paint. And so she let me buy a gallon of Pepto-Bismol pink paint and I wow. painted, painted my bedroom. And it was at that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I can transform my environment. And that's what started, I can't think the obsession. And I can remember when things would get uh, stressful financially, um, I would turn to my environment and try and make it beautiful. And I would save up babysitting money and go down to like the local hardware store and buy um, wallpaper border to like wallpaper the bathroom or anything that I could do to get that outlet out. Um, both of my parents were creatives. My dad was a musician and a digital, uh, like a graphic artist. My mother was a hairdresser and she also um, did painting and all kinds of um, just creative stuff. So coming from two creatives, I obviously had that natural ability in me. And so after high school, I, uh, well, I started working right in, after, uh, I guess my senior year, I started my first job and I worked at a local veterinarian clinic and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to go to vet school. I'm going to, um, you know, help animals. And then I had my first uh, experience in the surgery room with one of the doctors kind of like as an assistant and pa basically passed out. So <laughs> that was oh like, okay, <laughs> so maybe, maybe vet school is not it for me. So um, I actually, after that, went into, um, as I was taking college classes at the local community college, I got hired at a um, oil and gas company. And, mm. you know, it, being from Texas, oil and gas was, you know, booming. And I got um, sucked into that world, making, you know, great money and actually really enjoyed it. And I was in sales and I was doing that and doing, you know, college classes as well and had started taking um, interior design classes for a two-year design program um, and had finished the two-year design program and then needed to transfer out to a four-year university. Mm -hmm. um, but it ended up um, where I, you know, I was young and dumb and I was like, ah, I'm making more money doing this. Who needs to finish college? So I didn't finish the two-year the, or the four-year design degree and wow. just went back into um the oil and gas industry and kind of put design on the back burner and kind of thought to myself well you know this is that just wasn't for me um and then got married and 
started, my husband and I, he was in um, project management consulting. So we moved a lot, nine times in four and a half years. So wow. I just, I just decorated my own home and, and kind of in the back of my head, just thought to myself, well, I'll just have the prettiest house on the block. I'll just, you know, do my own home. I'm not thinking about fin having an actual career in design. Mm -hmm. And then my husband convinced me, he's like, you should finish this out. So go back to school. So we were living in Virginia and we went and applied to um, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. Got all my, met with the, with the professors and kind of got all my stuff together. And then I got pregnant with my firstborn. And it was like, okay. Which is life. Yes. And <laughs> so then I was like, okay. And my husband was traveling five days a week, only home on the weekends. I had no family around me. Mm. And I was like, how am I going to go to school full time and raise a baby and my husband is gone. And so I said, you know what? I just can't do this. And so again, putting it on the back burner, but wow. the, the passion and the desire was always there. Um, so I did not actually start my business until um, I had my third child and it was really by accident how it happened. I started a blog back, you know, blogging back in 2007, 2008. That was kind of a, a it was a big thing. And I was like, and I was doing projects in my own home and showing, sharing photos and stuff. And, you know, honestly, my sister and my mom, they were probably the only ones that read it. <laughs> so, I wasn't expecting much out of it, but I had a um, photographer who had, she had photographed my sister's wedding. She um, sent me a message and said, Hey, would you be willing to come and decorate, um, design my home office? And she says, I can't pay you, but I'll take photos for you and you can share them on your blog. So I was like, sure. And so I did. And she sent me the photos and I did a blog post. Well, it went viral. Wow. And, um, apartment therapy, which I don't even know if they're around anymore. Apartment still there. They are. Okay. So apartment therapy picked it up and some other larger blogs picked it up. Then I started getting inquiries. Oh, you're a designer. Can you help me with, and I'm, with my home? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what have I just done? That's so amazing. And she called me. I remember her calling me up and saying, you have to do this. And I was like, you know, I had no idea how to run a business or anything like wow. that. And so I was talking to my sister and she was like, just, just go down and get your DBA, um, which is kind of really all you needed in Texas yeah. um, to kind of start a business. And my middle name is Carol. So that's where Amanda is good. <laughs> They're like a sponge. They're so easy to brainwash. But like I always tell mom, you can brainwash your kids with greatness, right? Because if you can brainwash people, people, not just kids, people with bad stuff, uh -huh. there is, that is the same process when you brainwash people with good stuff. And, and so... I always, I always say, Hey, I'm going to brainwash my kids. And I think brainwashing in of it itself has such a bad connotation. That word is just a really bad word, but, um, it really, it really depends on how you use it. And I've, I've started to use it in a very positive way and I put my spin on it, but, um, yeah, I, I think you could brainwash them. My kids go to, um, Spanish immersion program 
where in school they get immersed in Spanish, so they're both fluent in Spanish. But when they learn other languages, they start like their brain is way more open to more learning than it is to other people that only has a single language. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it takes different, I think it comes down to, from my NLP training, I think we actually touched in this where it comes down to different neurological pathways being touched yep. on um, and abstract concepts, obviously. So yeah. And I love the brainwash as a, as a good thing. I think we can do that to ourselves too. I totally <laughs> washed myself over the last five years and I'm, um, I live by um, a thing that I called possess and pass. And that I, I, I brainwash my kids every day by brainwashing myself to possess what I want to pass on to them. You know, yeah. and passing on the good things. Because let's face it, we pass most things on the good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> no. And manifestation. Manifestation, I, I think, is, is a very synonymous word as brainwashing. But yeah. manifestation, like you're brainwashing yourself that you can do it, that you, you believe in yourself, that you can achieve what it is that you want. Because a lot of times it's, you know, it's like the people pleasers. It is when, um, when you try to please people, you're, you're executing on their goal, yeah. on what makes them happy, not what makes you happy, right? Absolutely. So that's cool. Now, what do you do in Bali? Where in Bali are you? Um, are you in Ubud? No, I'm not in Ubud. I love Ubud. I love Ubud. <laughs> We're probably a good half an hour from Ubud. And we go to Ubud quite a bit because the soccer field's up there. And I'm a big Bali United fan. I'm more the North Boys, which is the <laughs> squad fan. They are phenomenal. Um, but we're in a little place called Karabakan, and I do a couple of things here. I don't run any businesses through Bali. When you're in Bali, you have to have a certain license and a certain visa to be able to operate with money. Gotcha. Um, but my two really important things that I love doing, my, my partner and I, a year ago on our second, well, it was our second date, uh, we dreamed up an environmental rehabilitation business for post-use mining companies and while they're operating and best land practices. So we've gone through the year of planning and negotiation and we're about to start actioning some of those things. So that's extremely exciting. Uh, I get to take a part in handing an earth over to my children that I'm happy to hand over. And the other thing that I do that I love is I am the chief editor of a website called The Parenting Co, which is a parenting website and, you know, we're, we're there to, to give value, give how-tos, to be really, really real, really raw, really honest. Um, and I've got a great team and all I have to show up is do is show up and tell the truth about being a mum. And I can say, awesome. so I can do that from here, um, which, yeah, hence the reason I can be in Bali. So nice. you can do online, but you can be an online worker because it's virtual, right? Yeah. Because you're not having a physical business there. So that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't have an office space and there's no exchange of money through the Indonesian government or anything. It's it all operates out of Australia. I'm completely white hat. I'm completely <laughs> <laughs> You're legit sister. So what is, what is that website again? The parenting code.com? The parenting co. So it's in the parenting company. So just okay. the parenting dot com 
spanking looking our designers are amazing blue and pink and white i love it <laughs> Ooh, i can't wait to check that out and yeah, just to see some of your work it's so amazing and you know my it was interesting my now business partner i met him in bali at one of Rhonda swan's events and uh we kept in contact we got along really well him and his wife b who's about to have a baby which is amazing oh. shower today and i just did a post about mumming for real about the perfectly imperfect mum and what that looks like and you know this is honestly because at the time i was doing nlp coaching for women i've got a long history of doing different things and um he messaged me and said abby i i, I think that you've just solved a problem for me and then he told me how he was starting a an online parenting business and would i be interested in in partnering with him and that was about a year ago today um and that's amazing because our, our growth of that website and our business i've had to learn a lot um charlie is a serial business owner and he's so <laughs> and and he's younger than me so <laughs> he's so good and he's such a genuine guy so we've also uh started an online parent i uh, will a facebook parenting business niche support group for parenting business owners and we're on there helping people to collaborate and um, share everything that's worked for us and everything that hasn't as well. So that's the latest development with the Parenting Co. That's, that's awesome. Congratulations. Now, I want to know what, your, what, what did your parents teach you growing up? Like, what did you grasp that you, you now apply, not only as a parent, but also as a business owner, because you've seen them work very hard in the farming industry? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, the ability to be resourceful. And, you know, before um, starting my own business and, and separating from my partner, I was a teacher. I was earning six figures and life was really comfortable, you know. And so um, having to um, go from being a, a worker to running your own business was very, very interesting. So I'm glad that I had some of the foundations from my parents to be able to show me that. And by the um, way, broke. When you're new in business, you're broke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be. It was a really interesting time for me. Um, but we managed. It was good. It was a really good learning process. Um, so a number of things learned. Definitely the ability to be resourceful and the ability to find the good even in the bad times. Yes. Uh, I coming from a, a farming background, that's really important. Communities, you know, you find your tribe. Uh, communities stick together. Um, but also being that people pleaser for so long and learning how to almost reverse that ha has been really important for me as well because I've had to learn, um, you know, I've had some partnerships, business partnerships that weren't what I thought they were. So mm. being able, my dad's very good at listening to his gut and his intuition and just making a very common sense, that's not good, that's not right for me. No, I'm not doing that. And I was never able to do that. So that's been really, really, really interesting. Um, and, but the ability to get up and just keep going and yeah. really good problem solver. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, when you're a teacher, matter. when you're a teacher by trade, and I see this a lot in the school system here in America, is you teach what's in the books. Yeah. And it's all by the book. And unfortunately, the world evolves and it takes some time to adapt, like from the school system have yet to adapt too, which is very like I have two boys and my oldest is 
thrives in academia, but my youngest, it's not for him. And, you know, he's, my oldest is by the book. He loves a manual. He loves to do what you tell him to do. Just make sure you tell him step-by-step. The other one, you tell him what you want to see what the outcome is and he'll figure it out, you know, and, and that is something that I, that for me, I was really forced in school because I was a, I have a degree in accounting and I hate accounting. And I, I, you know, I was raised in the Philippines and we were raised that education. It was all about education. And if you did not have education, you were on the bottom of society and you're nobody. And, and education is wonderful, but it's not all about education, right? Because you, you travel a lot. I've, I've traveled plenty and I learn more by traveling than I stay in yeah. one place. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And look, one of the reasons I didn't go back to teaching is exactly what you said. It didn't sit with me well. I found education really easy. Um, and my whole entire teaching career, apart from about eight months of it, I was teaching kids that didn't find it very easy and didn't always fit in. You know, one of my longest standing teaching job was in the middle of Australia. And I used to get in quite a bit of trouble for not doing things by the books. Mm. Um, and that's okay. But even now as a mum uh, who has been an educator, my, my point of view is very different. You know, my kids go to um, a homeschool and it doesn't fit the curriculum it doesn't go by the curriculum and I think one of the reasons that I do that is I kind of feel like um and it's not teachers it's the education system like you said it's outdated and it, and it brings with a lot of false problems we, we funnel kids into a system and they don't like your son they don't always fit that system mm -hmm. you know, make great business partners together by the way <laughs> but they don't always fit that system and like Gary V I was watching Gary V the other day every now and then he pops Love up on him. And I think that his point was so profound and not everyone's going to agree with me and that's fine. He said, but we still teach kids how to be the calculator when they've got one. You know, why are we still teaching them all of these processes and they have to have closed book tests when they can have this information at their fingertips? We need to teach yeah. them to yeah. and, and continuously expand their consciousness and their minds because our kids are going to be the people that solve world problems, you know? Well, well you, need, you need to rewire a human being's brain to adapt to the new world because the new world is no longer the old world, obviously, but we're still teaching the way that we did many moons ago. Right. Yeah. And so if you expect your child to thrive in the real world nowadays, you need to give them tools that, yeah. that matches what's the real world ex expectation is because if you're teaching the, the obsolete way of teaching, it's not going to work, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had to rewire my brain, you know, and I, um, I get a lot of pressure about that, especially being an educator and my girl's dad and I, we definitely don't agree on that. And that's fine. That's something that we'll, we'll work out when the kids get a little bit older. Um, but no, I completely agree. And I also think, you know, teaching um, inwardly, it's something that we yeah. didn't, we went through school teaching. Yes understanding ourselves and our own emotional intelligence, what we like, what we don't like, what we will accept, what we won't accept, you know, quantum physics, like you said, manifestation, how to put what you actually want on the forefront of your brain and, and, and teaching people that it's okay to be human. 
Well, and learning about our brain, like I, I did not take a journey on learning about the brain until I had personal development and I was exposed to personal development, personal growth, hearing thought leaders until I actually stepped out of the norm. Like when you're in the norm, you only know the norm. When you step out of the norm, the norm is actually so abnormal that you're like, I cannot believe I was. So it's not the end of it, that they're, that they can be persistent and consistent and, and still win in life. And if they think about bad things, they need to know that, like the anxiety that you acknowledge, they need to know how to acknowledge it and move on with their day. And I have to think about, I just want to kill myself because everybody hates me and I'm not good enough. And, you know, all those things, like, I can't control their brain and their mind, how my kids think, no matter what you do. And I can get busy sometimes. So that was like my solution to that problem. And I wanted to start it sooner rather than later. Because I'm so scared. The fact that you're conscious and even talking about that and even having like, like the smallest steps, they're going to be so much further ahead. Than, than the kid that has the sleepy parents that are the most stubborn humans on earth that are sleeping, literally sleeping, right? And it's, it, I'd be more, con- I'm more concerned about having a kid go into a school that has a bunch of, you know, sleeping parents, yeah. sending their kids to school, like with just clueless, you know, they're full of sugar, they're full of bad food, and then they wonder why they can't focus. They wonder why their emotions are out of check, right? And it's like, that's, that's more of a concern, I feel like. But like, from what the sounds of it, like just installing any sort of... Yes, installing. Just ins- installing any of that into them is, is like so much, you're so much further ahead than, you know, um, so many other kids out there, you know. And I think there is a truly, people are waking up, people are understanding. Um, it's a lot better than, you know, when I was in school. Um, in the 90s, you know, it was just... 80s and 90s, it was all just like sugar, 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 sugar. Get kids sugar, you know? Yeah. You know, drink Coca-Cola, eat Lucky Charms. It's like, well, TV, TV. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. like, it's crazy. So how did Lance get out of that oh. um, trauma and, and thoughts? And I'm sure you have to had done a lot of work on yourself. I know because the way that you're showing up now – is like just illuminating like you're different you're different than how you describe yourself before so how did you transition from i hate this life to waking up to wait a minute there's more to this than just what i what i went through okay well let me just let's just tie in kind of the story and how what I went through with that and then how I got out of that. Just to, gotcha. just to don't confuse people with, with my story because it's pretty, it's pretty um, crazy. <laughs> so um, after all that, I, I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of stuff like I, I talked about, but I didn't know what anxiety was. I, I, I thought it was like, I got this nervous feeling when I went into a room of people and if I was, if I was late or I wasn't there before them, I'd get this like weird panic feeling. And I start, it started to come on, and then, but I didn't really understand it. And then when I was about 20, my, my hockey career ended. I experienced with steroids, which completely ruined my hockey career. 
So mm-hmm. I was really lost at about 2021. I was doing drugs, drinking. I was just a wow. complete disaster, complete disaster. And I really one day did something to my brain with that, with that irresponsible behavior. And all of a sudden my anxiety was full on. And I, I was just like, well, what is this? I started getting panic attacks. So I started to drink heavily because drinking was the only thing that really gave me an escape from that. And I started to get into that lifestyle. And then I got into bartending. I got into all that. And, cause, and, and what I found out in my, within me, I found a lifestyle that allowed me to do that. And it was acceptable. So I, grew, I was going through all that stuff. I was able to work. I had a lot of fun. I moved to Australia. Mm. I was running bars. I did all that. So that took me to, you know, when I was 30, in my 30s. And then, you know, losing my brother. And I lost my dad within the same 18 months. So I lost wow. two family members, brother to suicide, dad to cancer. Obviously that, the, that my brother, losing my brother in my, I know that's what killed my dad. Um, so wow. I, but, but, but when 2017, this is to answer your question, the lead up, I quit drinking for 2017 after I lost my brother in 2016, I thought, okay, I need to clean my act up a bit here. So I quit it. I was running a bar completely sober in 2017. My head was clear and then boom, I lost my dad. So I was already on a spiritual, like I was already getting a lot stronger. So when I lost my dad, I was already in a place that I could handle it better than I could before. So Mm -hmm. after that, that was kind of like, okay, things need to really change. So I started to get into personal development. I started to read. I started to really understand, like I wanted to make the most of this life. I really want to make a change. I love humans. I love people, but I don't want to poison them with alcohol anymore and bad food. I want to connect with them at a level that is like, I love talking to people. I love when say people sit down at my bar and I I have them there and I love the experience. Like, what do you want to drink? Like, what do you, but I didn't love the actual part of giving them the drink. I just love the connection. So I thought, how am I going to do this in a way that can connect with humans? And, And then I sort of started to find this online world and personal development. I realized that all this stuff is connected and the best ver to become the best human and, and to, to find the best people, you need to fill your own glass first. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I just really went on a personal development journey. I started reading. I started surrounding myself with people that had, that were doing well. It's that simple. If you're, if you're hanging around people that are negative and bringing your energy, your vibration down, you need to cut them out. You need yeah. to cut them out and you need to surround yourself with people that bring you up, make you feel good, you know, and, and that's what I did. I started looking at people that had the results I wanted. And, and wow. you know, through podcasting, it's so beautiful because you get to come in contact with people like yourself, people that are vibrating at a high level. Yes. You, know, you get to have these conversations. And what you're doing in these conversations, you're just constantly putting out good energy, constantly. Yes. You're not talking about how, how, how the weather sucks and how this sucks and how I feel bad and this and that. You're constantly talking about things that matter and lift you up. So that's, that's kind of what I've surrounded myself with and get going to a yoga retreat and, and immersing myself in meditation and people that want to vibrate at a high level. That's kind of what I've been working on. So that's how I got out of it. That's, you know, I completely transformed how I, how I look at life now. Um, and yeah, but it's a constant battle because there'll be days where 
you're, you go back, your body wants to go back to its old, its old ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to constantly be working on it. Just like you go to the gym, you can't work out of the gym once and expect to get a six pack. Right. It takes work. It takes consistency. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, and that kind of brings us to where we are now, you know, that's amazing. So how, so you were a bartender. So I want to know, how did you know where to find personal development? Because I, and I asked this question and it's such a simple it's a simple answer, but for me, it, it wasn't. And I don't know if it was for you because I've owned so many amazing books like Good to Great, Raving Fans. I mean, Think and Grow Rich, I've owned it for so long and I never picked it up and until it hurt enough. And so I had to had, uh, you know, the pain, it had to be painful enough for me to seek. But um, almost like I had it in my office on a shelf, just like my shelf right here, but it's just sitting there. And I know it's there, but the thought of reading a book and sitting down was just like standing in my way. And it's like thinking like, that's going to be so much time. I don't know if I'll ever get to that book. But finally, I started picking it up and nobody really told me that that that's where the magic happens. Did you get, you know, a, a leader to lead you to that or did you just do it on your own? That's a great question. And I love that reflection because um, thinking back, I, back in probably 2002, I got involved in my first ever like network marketing company. And I got, I was told to read that book, but I didn't read it. I didn't, I just, I had it. And I actually have the, the version of the smaller version of that here. The cover's ripped off. I've had it for years. Um, and that's the book, you know, the, the original one, but I didn't understand it. I wasn't ready then. I was in my early twenties. That didn't work out. So what happened was the first personal development book I read was by accident. I was in Australia. I was living in a, you know, beach and all this stuff. And I started to get this feeling. This was probably 2013. I was like, I was reading these biographies about, you know, the red hot chili peppers and like people that were just, you know, I, I don't know what it was, but I was drawn to this like pain. And then I was reading these things, these biographies, and they make me feel really bad. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I, I said, well, why am I reading this crap? What am, why am I doing this? So I started to think, I want to have something that something told me you need to read something that's going to lift you up a bit. Something like, why are you, why are you wasting your time with this? You know? So I went and I, I, I heard about this book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. I think it's Tolle or Tolle. And yeah. honestly, it's <laughs> reading that book and I, I, I was, was just one of the most unique books I've ever read first. But that was the first one. And I forget about that sometimes. That, that like had some sort of shift in my consciousness about what it is to be present. You know, the past brings uh, depression, the future brings anxiety, all this stuff. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, and I got, had a real fascination with like meditation and stuff. So that was like when it first started. But then I still went on the, the lifestyle that I had, you know, the kind of destructive lifestyle. But I was very into health and wellness. So I kind of, one day I'd, I'd be drinking, but then I'd be really healthy. And I had this like mixed unalignment I wasn't aligned. I wanted this, but what my actions were, were not aligned. So that book was huge. 
And I remember going to Bali and I was just so like opened up and so had this spiritual awakening. So that sat there for like the next four years until I started to get into going into entrepreneur and getting in online. And my mentors telling us like, you need to read these. These are what you need to work on yourself. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to read books. Like I don't want to, what's gratitude. I don't want to do gratitude. That's stupid. <laughs> so I was told to read. There was a couple there's one, there's two really powerful ones. One's called the happy pocket full of money, which is kind of like think and grow rich. It's just the most underrated book on the market. And I urge any of your listeners to check it out. You can get it. Yeah. Happy pocket full of money. You can get it. I listen to it on Spotify on repeat. Basically it's like making sense of quantum physics, law of attraction, but tying it in in a digestible way. That's not woo woo, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. meditation. Um, it talks about each thing, gratitude and why it works and why it's all pulled together. So when I heard that and I started practicing gratitude, all of a sudden I was like, I get it. I get this. Mm-hmm. I get why this works. Cause I needed some, the secret, all that stuff wasn't enough. You know, the law of attraction wasn't enough for me. I thought it was crap, to be honest. And then I started to read this book also called The Magic, which is written by Rhonda Byrne, the same, the same author as The Secret. But this is like a 28-day practice with gratitude. You go 28 days and there's like a thing. You write 10 things you're grateful for and why. You reviewed them and you feel it. And then you do like a practice each day. And it really forces you into this, this daily exercise. And before you know it, my life was changing and I, I was wow. like, and so many people in my community read this and it's just had a profound effect because you can't explain it. You don't know why it's working just, but we don't question gravity, gravity. It works. We, we, you know, you turn on your computer, your phone, we don't question why it works. It just works. And this is the stuff that I started to believe in and getting into like think and grow rich and faith and all that. You start to have that faith, that deep faith that it, it works and then things just start happening. So yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's insane. And that's how these books came in and those ones. And then I started reading like the compound effect and books by uh, Joe Dispenza, John D. Martini, so many amazing people, but those ones are the ones I stand out. And I, if I had to give somebody like 2015 Lance, a book or two, I'd say you sit here and you read these and you practice these and your life will change. And that's, that's kind of what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 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 (laughs) wow, that's a lot. Um, But I'm so glad you shared that because I hadn't read the happy pocket full of money or something like that. And, but I have actually the power of now is right there on my shelf. Love that book. And I recommend it to everybody. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. You've had an amazing life there, buddy. So when you, (laughs) When you're, were you close to your little brother? Um, that was the thing is that because of the, because it was a step family, you know, we're obviously not blood. We're my half brother, but I always considered him my full brother. Right. But his mom was just so controlling that she never allowed us to have much of a relationship. You know, I, I just kind of wanted to, I was like, when he turns 18, you know, forget her. I'm going to really connect with him. I, I was waiting. And then he, at 18, wow. he, he decided to make, to end the journey. So, um, so we, we weren't that close. We were a little bit, but he, yeah. And I have that. I still have that. I don't want to say I have a regret, but I, you know, of course 
this part of me that thinks, you know, maybe if I, this is goes to my podcast is why one of the reasons why I created university of adversity is because if he had a platform like that to listen to, he might've not made that decision. Right. And that's why it's so powerful because somebody's always going through worse than you are. And if you could just reflect and hear somebody's story and be like, wow, well they did it. I could do it too. And, and, and that's part of the reason why I created it is because thinking about him, like, you know, if he had this, if he, if I said, look, listen to this, this might make you feel better, you know? So, yeah. Was that why you moved to Australia when you moved to Australia? Because you lost him? No, he, he, we lost him while I was in Australia. Okay. One, which crazy, this is crazy. I hope this isn't too crazy of a story. (laughs) I, um, I go deep. So I I like, I like these deep stories. It feels really good. It feels good. But my dad was visiting me in Australia when this happened. And I had to actually, I got the news while I was at work and I had to explain to my dad, I had to come home and tell him. So you can only imagine. Yeah. It's messed up. It's like, it's like a movie, seriously. Um, yeah. So I had to tell him we went through it together and you know, but that crushed him. Um, but yes, to answer your question, I was so tired of getting this, this relationship with my ex, my dad's ex-wife, my step, my ex stepmom. It was so emotionally draining that that was one of the reasons why I moved to Australia because I just basically was like, I can't deal with this anymore. You guys deal with it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to deal with it because there was always an issue. She was always doing something to him making his life hell, my dad's life hell, um, right until we lost, you know, lost him. And it was just, yeah. So that was part of the, to answer your question, that was part of the reason why I did move to Australia because I just, not only to get away and to get a change, but to get away from that situation. I, I guess I was kind of running away from it, you know? Wow. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you came back and you're, you're in Canada now, right? Yeah. In Vancouver. That's, that's awesome. Just down the street from me. <laughs> yeah, you're in Vancouver, Washington, right? That's hilarious. You guys have that's snow awesome. there right now? Uh, over the weekend, it's melting, so it's all good. Mm. Cool. So what – you talk a lot about your dad. How about your mom? Is she still around, or do you have a relationship with her? Yeah, she's around. Um, uh, you know – we're, I love her very much. I mean, we're not as close as we probably should be. Um, but she's, you know, we, we, yeah, she's, you know, I see her in the summers and I would like to become closer with her, but you know, we both get busy and, um, I, I should take responsibility for that because I guess being away for so long, I kind of had, I, I did distance myself from a lot of family and I've been trying to really kind of get closer again, but um, I've changed a lot and, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's kind of a work in progress. Me and my mom, you know, I love her very much. And, you know, I, I plan to get a lot closer now that I'm home and everything. So, um, she's great. She, you know, she's got a very quiet life, you know, she does her thing and you know, that's it. So. Have you ever met a friend that, um, that you've known for a while and now met a new version of you and they're like, Whoa, who's this person? Um, yeah, I mean, the people, this is the thing, like, I've gone through so many of these transformations, you know, because there's the kid I was, but I played hockey or in school, and then there was like the bartender Lance, and then there's this Lance. That's why it's so crazy. Like people on Facebook are probably like, what, what, what is it? What, you know, 
Definitely. I don't know. I mean, they don't say it to my face. Some people, <laughs> a lot of people say they're, you know, they're happy for me. They're proud of me. You know, they, they, they can awesome. see that I've grown, but I'm sure there's people that knew me from before that think like I've lost it or whatever. Like <laughs> he's crazy. Like what's he doing? Like, but whatever, yeah. you know, I, I, I embrace it and um, I don't really care either. So exactly. I, I don't know to answer your question. Like maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I talked to one of my old old friend in the banking industry who's in California and I guess I talk really calmly now I don't I don't know I just feel like I'm just being me and we were talking on the phone there was no video and so she was like Kareen is this you <laughs> like yes it's me what why what's going on am I like sounding different she's like you're so calm. Like you used to be so uptight all the time. And you know, like you're always talking fast and this and that. I'm like, Oh, I don't really know the difference. I mean, I guess maybe, but I, I can't tell you the difference.